Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. My name's Tony. My name is Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures. And help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. And we are so excited that we got to RV again last week. Yes, we are. It was absolutely fantastic. It was fantastic. We were able to take advantage of a local harvest host that is a winery and vineyard and working ranch. Yeah, it's a 4,000 plus acre vineyard that is a winery. They have uh, sheep, cows, and pigs that they raise for meat. And you can go diamond hunting there. That's right. Lake County diamonds. Yeah, it's a unique geological feature of Lake County, California. Right. So that's something you can do. They have, I don't know how many miles of bicycle trails for off, you know, mountain biking type of thing. We also got to do a lot of walking and we got to do a lot of wine drinking. A lot of wine drinking. (laughs) Yeah, but it was great. So we bought quite a bit of, we bought some steaks and some pork products and wine. And we pretty much lived on beef, pork, and wine for a couple of days. Don't forget the cheese. Oh, and the cheese. They don't make the cheese there, but there was a great creamery that they have cheese from. Yeah, cowgirl creamery. Cowgirl creamery. And so we pretty much just stuffed ourselves on good food and relax for a couple days and watch the sheep. And it was Peggy's birthday. And it was my birthday. So we had cherry pie that a friend made for us. Out of cherries from her own yard. That's right. It was a great locally sourced weekend yeah i mean pretty much everything we ate was produced within 50 miles of where we were camping right and the 50 miles was i think cowgirl creamery is 50 miles away other than that it was all produced right here in lake county right so so we have been telling you quite a bit about harvest hosts and we're not going to stop because this is what has got us to be able to go camping is being able to take advantage of a harvest host that was able to remain open during all the closures that we've seen. Yeah, in fact, I noticed that there's a new feature on harvest host where you put the beginning and end of your journey and it will find places along the way. And next week, this Saturday, we are leaving for Mammoth Lakes, California. That's right. And so we put in our route on the Harvest Host's website and found a Harvest Host to stay in on the way to Mammoth so that we're not making that whole trip in one day. <laughs> Surprisingly, another winery. <laughs> but that's okay. We, we don't mind. We'll taste wine. We will indeed. One of the cool things is we have a discount for you if you want to join Harvest Host. It's really inexpensive, and we've got a great deal for for you thanks to our friends over at harvest hosts and when you join you can stay at over a thousand locations for no basic fee although like this weekend we bought (laughs) a ton of wine and pork and beef we bought a lot of meat and wine but it was all very worth it yeah we're gonna have to eat anyway so you might as well uh get the good stuff that's right right. it's a one-way trip And so you might as well enjoy the adventure, which is what this whole podcast is all about. Enjoy the adventure. So this week we have a super duper guest who 
you may already know, and he answers some of our questions about himself, none other than the RV wingman himself, Alan Warren. Without any further ado or a don't, (laughs) we have the distinct honor and privilege of having as our guest, Alan Warren, the RV wingman from the RV Show USA, which is the largest national radio program about the RV space in the U.S. here. And Alan has quite a background in broadcasting, owns a campground, and is just looking out for you. So, Alan, welcome to the Stressless Camping Podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you, guys. And uh, hopefully you will be able to help me be uh, less stressed out. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very glad to be here. And I love this. I love RVing. I love RVers. I love being at the campground. I love talking about it. I love everything about it. So I'm just glad to be a part of your program. And that really shows. So you can find Alan not only on your radio, but you can find him on YouTube and on the social media and live feeds and just about everywhere you look, there he is. And and really some great guests on your podcast. So Yeah, like Stressless Camping. Oh, I don't know about those guys. <laughs> those but. are just amazing. <laughs> yeah, we had the distinct privilege of being on Alan's show a couple of weeks ago. So it was it was really a pleasure. You know what I you guys aren't old enough, I'm serious. So you're not old enough to pro- probably remember this, but when I was a kid and even when I was a big kid, American Bandstand was a TV show where Dick Clark would have these bands come and perform. Do you, do you remember that show? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's sort of what I am. I'm kind of like the Dick Clark where I find people that are really smart, they're talented, they're well known, and they know about RVing. They they're, you know, either full-timers, part-timers, passionate people, experts, and I talk with them and get them to tell their story. And I just love it. I know a little bit about a lot of things. (laughs) One of the things that I have appreciated is when things are not as rosy as they should be in the RV space, you call people out on it and hold them accountable. And that has been good too. I think you've found a lot of things that are a disservice to someone who's buying an RV or traveling and you call these people out and I think you've helped write some of these things. Well, thank you. I try. And, you know, I jokingly say that it probably goes back to my childhood. I used to watch a lot of Westerns. I used to believe that there really were good guys and bad guys. And that nowadays it's difficult to tell the difference between them. And they don't come up in a mask and try to rob you. But people can get rolled at RV dealers if they're not careful and they don't even know it. But they're going to find out. I mean, a little bit of background, just so you know, is, is I've my wife and I've owned a campground in Central Texas for six years. I've been a lifelong camping and RVing enthusiast, but we bought a campground. And for the first couple of years, I was so happy, so high on camping and every, everything about it. But something was gnawing at me because as campers would come in, not all the time, but too much of the time, they would come in and, and things with a, with a brand new camper. They weren't even hooked up. They didn't have any kind of a walkthrough. They didn't have any level of knowledge of what to do when they got to the campground. And it was hard for me to start ignoring these things because I've got this thing called a conscience. Right. And I would talk to them and ask them to talk to their dealer. And so I start talking about these things on the show. And I was told by some in the RV industry. And I went to the Louisville show and, and back the last year they had in Louisville. And I was like, man, you don't, we don't want anything to do with you. We want to talk positive stuff. And I said, but it's not all positive, you know, and and I'm not trying to be a whiner. I'm just trying to be honest out here. And so for about, I I don't know, a couple of years, I was ragging on a lot of the industry. I did, but then something happened. I was invited to go up to Elkhart 
I guess last year, the year before. And I ended up meeting some people that were not the evil, money-grubbing people that I thought that ran the industry. They were good people and honest people that cared, and they, they know where they have to improve things. And I felt so embarrassed that I had taken such a harsh stance against the entire industry. It's sort of like saying that all this kind of people are bad or all these kind of people are good. Right. There's good and there's bad inside this industry, and I don't know all the answers, but I know when somebody's trying to hide something, I think, and all I want to do is have people, I want happy campers, happy campers. <laughs> smart RVers. At least I think they are. And with so many, probably hundreds, maybe even a thousand different names from which you can choose on an RV, as you and I both know, there are some really great brands. And I think you and I have an affinity for one in particular as an example. And there's some trash out there. (laughs) How do you think somebody can really determine what the difference is. One of the Alanisms is that there's a truth and the ugly truth. And everybody tells the truth, but not very many people tell the ugly truth. You know why? Because it can be ugly. Because it's ugly, yeah. And nobody wants to talk about that. But when you don't know what you don't know, and that's where we all start at anything. When we all become an RVer, we don't know what it's like. We know our dream. We've watched YouTube videos. We've been to the campground. We have, you know, we watched Robin Williams in the RV movie. We, <laughs> we think we know what it's about, but it's not about that. It's different. But we don't know it yet. But we're going to find out. And too many people, in my view, are too overly excited. And that excitement and emotion causes them to lose their I don't know. They're just not as pragmatic. They don't enter into deals rationally. They do it emotionally. And there are some dealers and manufacturers that will really, really take advantage of them. And I hate it because I want to see people become RVers for life. And if you buy a junker RV, if you're buried in financing on a 15-year note with an RV that's going to last you five years if you're lucky, you're going to say, I'm never doing this again. And that's not good for our future. So there's a balance and education with an excitement and finding the good dealer. The dealer, in my view, is every bit as important as finding the right brand of RV because you're buying the relationship, not just the travel trailer. I could not agree with you more. You have RV Nana on your show and talking to her, boy, that would be somebody I would go to. The dealership that I worked at, I think I could be very proud of of how they took care of people. But there are dealers out there who just don't do good PDIs and don't educate people and don't treat people fairly. So I think one of the things I like to tell people, and it sounds like you and I are in accord on this, find your dealer first and then, then from there go and, and, maybe buy your RV. It's going to take time. And and we live in a culture that we want everything right now. And we want a lot of it. And we don't want to pay anything for it. (laughs) When I hear an RVer that, you know, I'll see them at an RV show and they're they're trying to, God bless them. I'm not, because I want the best deal that I can get on things too. But you're not just buying that RV. You're buying the future relationship with that dealer. And if you grind the brains out of that dealer and you beat him to pieces where he's not making anything on the RV or you drive a thousand miles maybe and you buy an RV from somebody and you go, yay, I saved $2,000 or I saved whatever. When you need a dealer, good luck. That's when you're going to find out how much that dealer relationship, how valuable that is. But by then it's too late. So, but we all want it now. And the salesperson (laughs) wants to make the sale now because he gets paid now. I can tell you as somebody who I also did warranty administration at our dealership and 
boy, the relationship you have with the dealer can make a big difference there. For example, the customers who were great customers who bought their RVs from us and such, you bend over backwards and it can make a difference between a manufacturer denying or accepting a claim, for example. And so that's another factor. I mean, sometimes as a dealer, you have to go to bat to the manufacturer and talk them into accepting some of the claims. Yes, you do. But I think that there's also, and here's the other side, I'm the quote unquote RV wingman. And I do want to watch out. I do want to steer people away from trouble and away from problem dealers and messy situations and connect them with good people. But there's another side to that. They have to be responsible. We as RV owners have to understand what we're buying. Read the warranty. Understand it. If you don't understand it, don't sign on the dotted line. If you're going to buy an RV and something's not working on it, don't take possession of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you've driven a thousand miles. Yeah. You know, Peyton, you're exactly right. People say, you know, well, I'll just take it and I'll figure it out when I get home. But guess what? You will figure it out. And what you're going to figure it out is you made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, isn't that true? People have this, we all do. It's not going to happen to me. Nobody's going to take advantage of me. I'm not a dummy. Well, I'm old enough to know that I'm a dummy. You know, I used to know everything <laughs> too when I was young. And my wife tells me I am, so <laughs> I have an expert in the field. <laughs> Yeah, I've got one of those as well, Tony. We have a lot in common, buddy. <laughs> yes, we do. And a love of, of great shirts, too. <laughs> yes, yes. There's so much, and, and a lot of it is for the individual to learn what they're buying and who they're buying from. Now, you also see another side of the business altogether. As a campground owner, I'm sure you see a lot of the good and the bad in people, but it's such a great space to be in. And I think the other day there was a discussion about people stealing at campgrounds, and you had written that nobody has ever stolen anything at Big Chief RV and Cabin Resort. Yeah, not that I'm aware of. I mean, the only thing that's ever disappeared from our campground, uh, the story I tell this quite often is that this was a couple of years ago, this little boy, I don't know, four years old, and they were getting ready to leave. And um, the little boy was just crying his eyes out, just crying his eyes out. And I when I said, what's wrong? And the mother said, well, the, you know, he wants to take these rocks home with him. We got a lot of rocks up at our campground. <laughs> yeah, they're just rocks. There's nothing special about them. They're just rocks. But this little boy found them. One of them sparkled and stuff. And she said, no, you can't take them home. And I said, take them home. And this was a couple of years ago. So are you sure? Anyway, so they took it home. They came back a year later, and guess what the little boy brought with him? He brought his, his rocks. His magic rock. <laughs> and I know that to Orden, it was to us, you know, we go, that's just a stinking rock. No, it's not. Yeah. It's magic. You know, Tony, you've got that uh, Winnebago there in your office. I yep. know it's right behind you right now. Yes, right. it is. <laughs> it's not a Winnebago. It's magic. It is yes. a piece of, it's a piece of you. And to me, as a campground owner, I get to make those memories, those those uh, meaningful, significant, I don't know, parts of people's lives that they will never forget, whether it's just a simple little rock or a beautiful sunset. And I get to be the facilitator in it. And it gives me such joy. Not everybody's great, but about 98% of them are. And you know, sometimes I got to turn into the wing nut and kick them out the front <laughs> gate, but not very often. So to the point of theft and stuff, people seem to be so happy at RV parks and campgrounds and it's a different mentality and you see a lot of people who are new to this space saying oh you know how safe is it and blah 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 well heck after you've been doing it for a while you realize 
Man, campers are the neatest people. You can tell the newbies, the people that have not done it before because they're a little reluctant. We were all there at one time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can tell. But going to a campground, a nice campground and meeting nice people is something that we're not used to in our culture anymore. You know, I say that I don't know the people that live across the street or two houses down, but I know people that are strangers that just come from the weekend to my campground. It's a very wonderful dynamic. And I think that our culture, one of the great things about RVing is it provides families a unique opportunity to get together in a small confined space where your teamwork, you're working together, you're sleeping in close quarters, you're cooking together, you're eating together, you're listening to each other. And it's something that they don't do at home. And, right. and it's a safe place to be. It's just the perfect family activity for so many people. And it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. You can spend a ton if you want, but you don't <laughs> have to spend a ton to have a good time. No, and you're right. Somehow when you cross the gates of an RV park or a campground, you somehow magically step into Mayberry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It Well, you're right. It's that shared reality, that confined space and such. But all of a sudden, everyone becomes neighborly and friendly, and it's like going back 50 years. There's nothing like it when I need to chill. You know, but when we first bought the campground, that was my place to escape. But it didn't take long until Lisa, my wife, was like, you know, now I get to stay in San Antonio. She goes up. She says, yeah, I'll see you. I'm staying up here. It's your happy place. And and there's so many memories that are made. And it's the simple thing. She told me the other day, she said, she looked at her toenails, you know, wearing flip-flops. And she said, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I'd let my toes look like this, my fingernails look like this, I'd drive her up the (laughs) golf cart, be hot and sweaty with no makeup, I would have said, you're crazy. She said, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. And it's magic. I'm telling you, you guys know it is. And people more and more people are finding out every day how magical it is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, even when I was a kid in high school, my mom was always working so much that she didn't have, you know, we didn't do a lot of family activity things until we went camping. And then we were all six of us together and we did everything together. And it's some of my greatest memories. And it probably wasn't about the camper at all. About, right. you know, it, it was about the people. It was about the things you did and the smells and the places and the, the little rock for that little boy. Yes. <laughs> simple things. You don't know it at the time how important they are going to be to you in the future, but you look back and you say, man, that was a special time. Those were special people. And I've never heard of somebody arguing politics at a campground. I've certainly never done it. I've got my political beliefs, but for some reason, we're not Democrats or Republicans at campgrounds. We're just, we're human just campers. We're all there. Yeah. Campers. Yeah. I love it. You you know, now, of course, there are more and more people who are coming to the realization that the RV way of vacationing is ideal, especially in wake of the virus and, and all of that. And I'm sure you're seeing people are making reservations left and right. Are there any tips you have as a campground owner for people looking to get away and finding a lot of spaces full or that's a tough one without me sounding like a hard ass but i'm, I'm just going to say you know the truth is getting a good holiday weekend is difficult in some places it's almost impossible if you're going to get into the rving space you're going to start doing it get out your calendar and start writing down some dates pick some dates make your reservations for 40 bucks or 50 bucks you can pay for a night stay at least now you're booked yeah. and you don't have to worry about it two weeks out 
out or three weeks out. You know, we've got people that are asking about 4th of July. Well, we've been booked for 4th of July for three months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can we get on the list? Okay, but there's like 31 people in front of you. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Have realistic expectations. Plan far ahead. Because the truth is, is that if you don't plan it, if you don't write it down on the calendar, most of the time, it's just going to slip away. Well, we'll do it next month, next month, and the next month turns into next year. Yeah. Plan it and then start preparing for it. If you've got children or grandchildren, have them start packing, planning the meals. What are we going to eat this night? What do you guys like? And involve them in the process because that's what I don't know. For me, camping and RVing, it's not just a thing. It's the whole process of working together and smelling like smoke and, <laughs> you know, and, and looking for firewood and, and um, you know, who's going to take the shower the first. And I don't know. It's just it's a process. And to involve your family and every person in it, I think is really important. That's great. I completely agree. Yeah. I don't want to hijack this, I promise. But I, I want to tell you how I ended up at Big Chief. If that, yeah, that I was yeah. going to ask. <laughs> I was born and raised in Texas. Uh, my family, we, we didn't have a lot of money. We weren't poor, but we didn't have a lot of money. And the, my dad, who's uh, 90 years old, he'd still give me a spanking if I did something wrong or <laughs> said something wrong. But he was, a, he was a hard ass. And my dad loved to hunt and fish. And so the nicest he ever ever was in my life was when we went on hunting and fishing trips as a family. When I was in my 20s, I started a TV fishing program in Texas called Fishing Texas because I just loved it. I It wasn't the fish. I mean, that was part of it, but being on the water and the people and feeling the splashing of the waves, it was just the air. It was everything. So I had a 35-year career doing TV fishing and hunting programs, but something happened to me along the way. My love for fishing, and my, I, I became some kind of a success, I guess, in TV and radio and had quite a few corporate sponsors, but it turned into an ego sport for me. And I'm not bashing fishermen. I love fishermen. I'm still a fisherman, but it was mine's bigger than yours. I, I caught more than you did. How much did you catch today? How big was the deer you shot or how many of these did you kill or whatever? And it became this thing that you measured. Right. It became more of an ego thing. And I literally just got burned out. And I, it's not about the killing something or shooting something. At least it wasn't for me at that point. And I said, I'm done. Where do I get my joy? And my joy comes from people that are sticking a marshmallow on a stick and burning it in a campfire. They're <laughs> <laughs> not killing nothing. They're killing a, a, some marshmallows and, and, and cooking some hot dogs and eating some potato chips. And I have nothing against fishing or honey. I, like I said, I still do it. But it's not an ego thing. It's the... It's much more deeper than that. It's something that everybody can connect with. And I think that we as a culture need that. I think it makes us better people, stronger families. We learn to work as, as team members together. We learn responsibility. Children can learn to plan ahead. Here's what happens if you don't plan ahead. They learn all kinds of things about checking tire pressure, little things that you wouldn't even think are significant, but they turn out to be. Right. Yeah, they're great lessons for their lives now and down the road. That is terrific, Alan. We really appreciate There's some gold in, in those <laughs> tips there, for sure. I ramble on. I love it so much. At the same time, I cannot overemphasize the need for a responsibility from the people that buy an RV. Because the other side of it, yes, I'll get on a manufacturer. I will. And I, I'm not shy about it. But I'll also get on a consumer who buys an RV and doesn't do diddly with it and expects it to perform like a Ford F-150. And it's not <laughs> happen right no, they are small batch hand-built 
machines. And I don't see that changing. And that's why quality does matter. If you got something that's made with nothing but sticks and tin and there's no aluminum in it, you're going to have some issues. And to think that you're not going to have issues, it's going to be like, well, I got a truck and I can drive it for seven years with nothing happening to it. Well, that ain't going to happen with your RV, brother. I nope. promise you. <laughs> that is for sure. You know, and most of the things you can fix on your own, but you do need to be able to accept the responsibility you have, maintain your roof, maintain your seals, maintain your tires and your wheels, your wheel bearings, and it's just common sense stuff, but it does require a little bit of an investment. But that, that investment, when you love something, it's not work. That's true. And think of how much more affordable this style of vacation is and how different it is. You can one day be camped near the Grand Canyon the next day at the ocean. And it's great how you can just do all this stuff with your own sheets and your own food and your own restroom and all of that. I could not agree more. I got to tell you a real quick little story. Lisa will probably not listen to this podcast. And that's a good <laughs> She has a friend that's quite uppity and she'll let you know how uppity she is. This lady will. And she knows that we bought a campground and it's, it, you know, it's not a great big When We have it's medium size. It's big for us. We like it. It's very enjoyable. Lisa Lisa's over at her girlfriend's house the other day, and the girl says, how are things at the trailer park? <gasps> oh! And Lisa goes, you know what? I'm one of those trailer park people. And, and her friend just tilted her head like, you're what? You're proud? And I, I said, don't tell her, honey. Don't let her know how good it is. You know? <laughs> people just don't know. Like I said, going back to what I said earlier, people don't know what they don't know. And right. RV isn't for everybody, but good grief. I mean, look at for you guys. I mean, when I interviewed you. You guys, you love each other so much. And camping and RVing and this hobby, it's a lifetime activity that you can do forever. Yes. You have yeah. a football to do it or hit a golf ball, but you can go RVing together and build that relationship even stronger every single trip yep that's absolutely true and whatever you're into rving can be a part of that this weekend we are going to a local winery that's on 4500 acres and we're going to take our mountain bikes and ride around and goof off for a few days so are things fully open back up in california now or no but they're getting there yeah we're starting to open up a bit i hope it does i know that this has been crazy for everybody and and we're in a weird time in our whole country and yeah i don't talk politics at all but i will tell you i don't care what you believe in when you go to a campground there'll be something i just bet you that will spark inside of you that you go i'm digging this i like this and you will want to do more and more of it hey rvia says that 46 million people are going to try it the next year wow yeah isn't that crazy that's a huge number so good time to have owned rv stocks if you do So you're going to love it, unless you're Lisa's uppity friend, in which case you're probably not listening to this anyway. (laughs) I'm going to go up to the trailer park, be with my peeps, and I'm just going to love it. (laughs) There you go. Well, we will be in ours, and at some point, we definitely plan to come out your way and stay there. Yeah. We'll make reservations in advance. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a place for you, I promise. Thank you so much for not just inviting me to be on your show, but for being on my show the other day. I learned a lot. I learned that you guys are smart and articulate. I need you, Tony. You're a nerd and I need somebody to a brain like you got, man. I'm always happy to be here for you, my friend. It's a pleasure. And where's the best place for somebody to find Alan? On social media, if you go to Facebook or on YouTube and you type in RV Wingman, that will be me. Or you can type in The RV Show USA. Our website is TheRVShowUSA.com. And literally over the next few days, we're launching the new site. Hopefully it will launch without any problems. But Yay. The RV Show USA. We do the show live. Just real quickly, we do a live 
live stream show on Wednesday night starting at 7 p.m. Central Time. It's simulcast across 40-some-odd Facebook group pages as well as YouTube. And then I do a radio show that broadcast on network affiliate stations on Saturdays and Sundays all across the country from Minneapolis to Atlanta and all over the place. Sounds good. And we can also invite the RV Show USA into our Facebook group to broadcast live there too. So we'll talk more about that and get that going. Yeah, That'd be nice. Thank you for inviting me to be on your show. It's fun. It was a pleasure. I appreciate your making the time and it's great to speak with you today. Super great. Talk with you again. Best of luck. Have a great weekend, y'all. You too. You too. Thank Thanks. you, Alan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. We know lots of people who would love to try out stressless camping, but don't have an RV. That's why we love RV Share. It's a great way to test the waters without jumping in with both feet. With RV Share, you can rent other people's RVs so you can experience stressless camping firsthand. It's a great way to decide which RV is right for you. Try motorhomes, travel trailers, or fifth wheels and see what fits your lifestyle. And if you want a safe and secure way to make money with your RV, RV Share is the way to do that safe secure and a great way to start stressless camping so check out rv share on the discounts and deals page on our website today all right we're back and we're going to tell you why you might hate rving what this doesn't seem like something that we should promote hating rv well i mean (laughs) let's be honest we try to be upfront and honest with people yes we do. you know there's people out there who write bad reviews of disneyland there's people who don't like chocolate cake there's people who think beer is nasty i mean so many things that we appreciate but it's not for everybody Right, so potentially RVing might not be for everybody. I wrote an article this week about this because I want to be honest, there's a lot of people, as we've talked about recently, who are stepping into the RV life and not everybody's going to love it. Right. And so it's really better to know in advance that you do or don't like it than to spend 20, 30, 40,000 or a million dollars on an RV. And then find out you don't like yeah, it. Yeah, this blows. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're biased. We love it, obviously. Obviously. Right? But here are some reasons why you might not like it. So I'm going to be the problem, <laughs> which is a stretch for me. This is going to be like those Mayhem commercials. Yeah, I'll be Mayhem. You're going to make a problem and I'll tell you the solution. <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. So here's the problem. RVs are hand-built in small batches, unlike passenger vehicles. I mean, if you buy a F-150, a Ford F-Series pickup, they make more F-Series pickups than all the brands of every RV in the U.S. combined, pretty much. So they're really well-practiced at it. Yeah, very well-practiced, and they have thousands of highly paid engineers. They test the daylights out of them. There's huge research that goes in them. RVs, not so much. Not so much. Pretty much if you want to build RVs, you start a company and build RVs. Not quite, but (laughs) close to. And RVs are hand-built in small batches, unlike passenger vehicles. So I am telling you right now, you will have to do repairs and they may be minor or major And you're going to have to do some repairs and you may have to pay somebody to do them because I'm not the screwdriveriest person on the planet. So yeah, I take the trailer now and then to uh, our local RV guy. He's been great. Right. And because of 
the popularity of RVs, parts might be difficult to find sometimes. What's the solution? So the solution, as Tony alluded to, is find a great RV tech. Find someone who knows how to work on RVs that can help you out. Or maybe you're handy enough to do these things yourself. Just because Tony and I are not screwdriver people doesn't mean that everyone isn't, obviously. Yeah, like our friends have an Uncle Bob. Right. Uncle Bob can do anything on their RV. Yeah, and has affected some really cool mods too. Yeah, so So on the other hand, we do some minor things on our own, but we have a great RV tech that fortunately for us just has his shop a few blocks away from us. So when we have a fairly major problem, we just take it there and take care of it there. However, I say I'm not very screwdrivery, but I did just rebuild the entire drawer mechanism, which involved removing the heater. So that's true. Sometimes I can figure <laughs> stuff out. There's YouTube for that, right? Right. So here's a little tip. Knowing routine maintenance that you should do on your RV can extend the life by years and potentially decades. Also know that all RV roofs, all of them, require regular inspection and may require attention here and there. And by doing routine maintenance, which is more than on a passenger car, you know, we're all used to our cars needing an oil change every, you know, third decade. (laughs) Not quite, obviously, but you know what I mean. I mean, they're so maintenance free now. RVs are not like that. So Right. So if you do your preventative maintenance and you keep an eye on everything and you catch little problems while they're little problems and either take care of them or have them taken care of, then this problem of major repairs is going to be much less frequent. Yeah, we have an article about the sounds of your RV and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Great. Okay. So another problem. I've seen a lot of posts on a lot of places where people go, RVs are all poorly made, and some of them are less kind than that. Well, okay, so bear in mind that your RV is designed to move down the highway, so it's going to have some flexibility to it. It has to, because if they make it really, really stiff, then as soon as it starts shaking up down the highway, it's just going to shake apart. So it's built very, very differently from, for example, from your house. The solution is to shop carefully, do your research, look at websites, join groups for RVs that you're interested in, learn the difference between good RVs and less good RVs. Don't just take the fact that there's a manufacturer that makes a certain kind of RV and assume that all of theirs are good because every manufacturer has several different lines of RVs and some of them are made with budget in mind rather than quality in mind. So just do your research. Yeah, that's true. I've seen a lot of people who bemoan major manufacturers. You know, they'll say, oh, Brand X is terrible. But think about General Motors in the 70s. They built the Cadillac Fleetwood and the Chevy Vega. And those two were very different in quality. Very different. RV companies, you know, let's say Forest River or Thor or Winnebago, their division. So let's take Forest River because that's someone who I'm very familiar with. Their rock division has a great deal of autonomy to making quality and design decisions. And so a Rockwood may be very different than like a Cherokee, which is another Forest River product. So there's so many different sub brands and they're allowed a great deal of autonomy. And so you may find the difference in quality from one to the other is surprising considering they all come from the same major manufacturer. And we are going to have someone on from Forest River in the next few weeks. We booked that today. So uh, stay tuned. Yeah. All right. Another problem. 
RV does not work like your house. So this doesn't have to be a problem if you understand this and are prepared for things working differently. For example, your water heater in the RV functions completely different from how it works in the house. In the house, your water heater is always running and ready. And as soon as you turn on the hot water faucet and let that cold water get out of the system, you have hot water. Yeah, 40 gallons in our case. In an RV, it works very differently. First, when you are traveling, you, I hope, don't have your water heater turned on. So it is not heating the water. So you get to the campsite and then you have to choose electric or propane in most cases. There are some exceptions, of course, but you choose electric or propane and then you wait for the water to get hot. And then you have a whopping six gallons of water. But that's six gallons of water at 140 degrees. Right. So understand how that works. That water's hotter than what you're used to at home. Significantly. And that's good because you have a very limited amount of it. So you add more cold water and you learn to conserve hot water. For example, when I'm at home, I probably use 60 gallons of hot water. At Not least. really. But when I'm RVing, I can manage a whole shower with that six gallons of water because I understand the concept of taking what we call military shower or RV shower and conserving that hot water and making it last. Yeah, and Peggy's got long hair. I see a lot of, you know, we go to RV rallies and most of the women have really short hair, almost as short as mine. But (laughs) Peggy's is down to the middle of her back and she still makes that six-gallon water heater work great. If it was a choice between cutting my hair and changing how I shower, I'm going to change how I shower. I don't want to cut my hair. Yeah, I do all the hair cutting (laughs) in our family. I do all the hair, I don't know. I ain't got no hair. Well, yes, I do. I have it on my face. All right. So tell me another problem about how RVs work differently. Let's talk about the RV fridge. It does not work like your home fridge. And again, we realize there are exceptions to this. There are RVs with residential fridges. But for the most part, the RV fridge is typically what's called a gas absorption fridge, which chills much more slowly and definitely differently than your home fridge. So again, do your research. Look at our article about how to chill your RV chill box, (laughs) which basically is to start early. It takes 18 to 24 hours to get the RV refrigerator cold. So get an early start, do your research, don't expect things that it can't do and understand how it works. Also, and there's a lot of debate on this, but let's just go with the safest answer. You don't run your RV refrigerator while you're moving. So again, you want your refrigerator to be cold before you take a travel day so that it can be off and it'll hold temperature for quite a few hours if you know what you're doing and do it right. Dometic says six to eight hours, it'll hold food safe temperature without being turned on and without opening the door, depending on ambient temperature. Right. Anyway. And we know that ice cream bars don't melt in three hours no they don't (laughs) again we have an article about how to chill your rv's chill box and and there's that right all right here's another i got a big problem (laughs) we used to have a guy who worked for us when we owned the resort and he always had a big problem got a big problem (laughs) great guy but always a big problem anyway i digress campgrounds are going to be overloaded as we know a lot of people now are looking at rvs as the new way to vacation people who haven't done it before and so they're going to go online and look for a campground and 
really have a tough time finding something. A ridiculously large number of privately held campgrounds, the only way you reserve them is to use this thing called a telephone. And (laughs) you call them up, I kid you not, and you actually talk to a human being and then you make a reservation. So 1980s. (laughs) No, it's 1950s. (laughs) And this is during normal working hours or they have an answering machine and don't call you back. So that can be very frustrating. And and, and there's not much of a solution for that. It's just something you need to understand and know and be prepared for. If you find a place that only takes reservations by phone, you're going to have to suck it up and get on the phone. Suck (laughs) it is the word. (laughs) However... A solution to both the fact that campgrounds are overloaded and the fact that a lot of campgrounds only work by telephone, a solution to that is services like Boondockers Welcome or Harvest Hosts, where you can find places that are off the beaten path. They are those two examples. You don't pay a nightly fee to stay. And both of those examples, you can find a place online. <laughs> yeah. So you never have to actually talk to anybody if you don't want to. There's also things like the BLM website that find places, and those can be reserved online. But again, the solution on every single one of these is do your research. Understand that things are going to work differently than they do booking a hotel or staying at home. Yeah, and if you find a campground that does not have a website or does not have online booking, refer them to campground.online for gosh <laughs> sakes. I mean, come on, guys, it's 2020. Right. I mean, jeez. <laughs> of course, the bottom line, like I said, the more you understand your RV, the more you're going to get out of it. Absolutely. And again, it's a different experience. But RVers are some of the nicest people. And I mean, you cannot beat the views of places that you go. It's your own bed. It's your own sheets. It's your own potty. It's your own food in the refrigerator. It's a great way to see this country. But it just, again, like everything, it's different. So do your research. Have a general understanding of the basic maintenance, basic repairs, how things work, how to get things ready, and understand that you're going to be Dragging a rolling earthquake through, through gale, gale through force, gale force winds. winds. Yeah. And you need to be prepared for that. Bottom line, relax. You're going camping. You're going stressless camping That's for right. Pete's sake. <laughs> we hope you got something worth sharing this week. We do. Are you already a stressless camper? Are you a dreamer? What's stopping you from stressless camping? You know, we talk about that on our Facebook page. We do. And in our Facebook group and all those places you can find if you start out at www.stresslesscamping.com. Yep. And then from there, jump off to all the Facebook and other social places that we are. Of course, we sincerely and absolutely value your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It makes such a big difference when you leave a review over there. And so we just are asking you to do so. And the reason is that helps other people find the Stressless Camping Podcast. And that means we get some really cool guests. And oh, just wait till you see some of the guests we have coming up in the next (laughs) few weeks. We are just beside ourselves. We're so excited. That's right. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire come and join us remember it's always free to subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you like finding podcasts that's right thank you for taking the time to join us here at the campfire we'll see you out on the road and happy happy camping. camping we hope you learned a lot had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure 
We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!